I want to say thanks to the whole church. Why don't you take a seat? I want to say thank you to all the church for welcoming me and my family over the last 18 months. We were at Kingsland for nearly 20 years. Uh, and who knows, when you change church, there's a different culture. You do things differently. Like, the lights are low, but actually bright for me. Uh, uh, last Sunday, Chris and I went to Brosen Edmonds to the cathedral to, uh, uh, to go to Evensong. Uh, no, it's in the afternoon, which is a bit strange. It was 3.30. Anybody been to Evensong in a cathedral? Um, I've done it once before, but um, my nephew's... Uh, uh, my nephew was singing in the choir, and they were visiting. And so we went in, Chris and I went in, and um, went to the front where the stalls are. Uh, and the guy said, welcome, uh, are you coming to support someone? And uh, we said, yes. Uh, and they, you know, which side is he sitting? So I said, well, I don't know. So he said, well, where do you want to sit? So I said, well, what about in the middle there, where all those candles are? Oh, no, you can't sit there. That's where the choir is sitting. Okay, so... What about here? So we ended up sitting in the front row of the tiers, okay? And we're sitting there, and uh, uh, the service starts, and you get two books. You get a prayer book, and you get another book, and then you get a little envelope for the collection, which is passed to you. But you know what? I'm not used to the culture. And uh, I didn't know when to sit or stand, so I watched the people opposite, but they were on the front row, and they didn't have a clue either. <laughs> and, of course, when the time came for the Lord's Prayer, you have to turn east, well, I remember last time we did this at Rochester Cathedral, we turned west. Everybody else is facing <laughs> that way. We went that way. So culture is different. And uh, I wanted to say thank you guys uh, for, for welcoming us. It was really great for me to see my grandchildren this morning bopping up and down, praising God. Amen. Really good. So uh, I want to encourage us this morning. And um, I've got a message for you that I hope you will find challenging I hope that you will find it helpful, uh, and I hope you will find it thought-provoking. I didn't know whether to bring my phone to the lectern or my Bible. It's interesting, isn't it, that these things now are an everyday use. And if you haven't got the Bible app, get the Bible app, because I think it's absolutely brilliant. But uh, Barry last week... Oh, actually, I have to say Pastor Barry, don't I? That's another thing with culture. I never said Reverend Neil or Pastor Neil. It was always Neil, but I'll get into that. Uh, he spoke and he said, it's your turn now. And I just wondered whether there are some people that are thinking, yeah, right. And Barry's going to unpack this for us over the next few weeks. And so this morning, I want to... Uh, to talk about a subject that I've called when prayer doesn't seem to work when prayer doesn't seem to work here's a prayer that did work there was a woman and uh, she was at work and she received a phone call to say her daughter wasn't very well and uh, could she go home to help her. So she, she jumped in the car, went to the pharmacy, got some medicine. But the trouble is she left and locked her keys in the car. How many of you have done that before? You know? Uh, and so what does she do? Well, she looks around and she finds this rusty old coat hanger. 
Now, this is obviously an old story because you don't have coat hangers these days to unlock cars. It's all electronic, isn't it? But anyway, remember you guys, you know, you used to have a little, uh, little lever on your, on, your, on your door and if you put a, a coat hanger in, you could twist it round and you could just pull it up. Anyway, she prays and she says, Lord, she says, I can't do this. He said, can you send someone to help me? And just as she prayed this, this guy comes along, this scruffy looking guy, and he says, excuse me, you know, do you think you could you could help me? I I, I want to. I've locked my keys in. Could you break into this car for me? And he says, Yeah, that's no problem. So within thirty seconds, he's in, and she's well chuffed. And so uh, he says, You're such a nice man. Thank you so much. And he said, You know what? He said, I'm not really a nice man. He said, I've just got out of prison, and I was in prison for car theft. <laughs> so she says, Thank you, Lord, for sending me a professional. To answer my prayer. That was a prayer that was answered. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered. Many of us have prayers that are unanswered. uh, And some of them are from many, many years ago. We might have a dream that's been unfulfilled. We may have had a prophetic word that's spoken over us many years ago. And we've forgotten about it. We've given up on it. Perhaps we've been praying for an unsaved friend, an unsaved family member. And we want them to come into the kingdom. But no, God hasn't answered that prayer. Perhaps there's a relationship that we're struggling with. Perhaps we've got a problem with our marriage. There's something that we've been praying for and God doesn't seem to hear. God doesn't seem to to answer perhaps we stopped praying and we thought that we were getting frustrated with God we're even getting angry with God and yet we love the Lord we serve him we're church members we come along and we're involved we get actively involved in it is that you? Is this message going to be something going to touch something in your heart or your life or your mind this morning? Do many, any of you remember flat packs, flat pack furniture? It's a pain, isn't it? Many years ago, um, Chris and I bought a new house in Tunbridge Wells and we had no wardrobe, so we had to go and buy a wardrobe. And it came as a flat pack. And we managed to assemble that part of it. But in those days, you had little mirrors, or big mirrors, in fact, on the front door of the wardrobe. And uh, what we had to do was get these double sticky packs that you stack one part on the glass and one part on the wood. And what we had to do, we had to position it. So Chris was at one end holding two uh, two corners, and I'm at the other end holding the other two corners. It's about a six-foot piece of glass okay and do you know what we couldn't get it right we couldn't get it to sit on so in the end we just we just got to go for it so we went for it and stuck it on it but of course it wasn't straight it wasn't on it was overlapping so what did we do we have to lift it off so what happened it cracked it broke any of you have had any flat pack furniture when you get the instructions out Uh, And you start talking to the instructions. (laughs) I've put that screw in there. I've done that right. I'm sure that, 
Perhaps there wasn't enough screws in the pack. Perhaps they didn't put them all in. That's what we do, isn't it? We, we talk to it. We get angry with it. We get cross with it. Ikea. All heard of Ikea. And of course, these days, we can, uh, you know, we can go onto YouTube, can't we? And it virtually tells you everything you can do. But a few years ago, it was ringing up a technical helpline. And you rang up and you waited for 20 minutes for the phone to answer. And then you spoke to Bill. And then Bill, uh, you said what the problem was. And Bill said this. And then you got cut off. And then you had to ring back. And then you got somebody different to answer the question. It was such a problem. I want to challenge you today to look at the maker's instructions that is the blueprint for our lives so that we can be sure that God is on our case. Okay, we're going um, to read a passage uh, from 1 John 3 verse 22, which I think is going to come up for us. And whatsoever we ask... We receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Do you know what? There are terms and conditions to all of God's promises. And we have to find out what those terms are, what those conditions are, what those instructions are, so that we can then do the thing or we can receive the promise that we've got. But before we start getting frustrated at God or at church or at the leaders or whatever, we have to ask, am I keeping God's commandments and am I pleasing him? In John chapter 8, verses uh, uh, 31 and 32, which isn't on the screen, it says this. Jesus is speaking to Jewish believers. So these weren't, uh, the, these weren't people that didn't believe in him. The, the scripture says they believed in him and they trusted him. And it says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, when we become a Christian, when we commit our lives to the Lord, when we, uh, we put our faith and our trust in him, if you like, when we buy our ticket to heaven, it's the start of a journey. It's the start of a relationship. And that relationship needs to be developed and it needs to grow and it needs to develop so that we're able to receive the blessings that God's got for us. You see, it's not just one time. It's a discipleship for a lifetime. So the question is, am I obeying Jesus' commands or Jesus' instructions? And of course, it's a tough question, isn't it? It's a tough question. Am I obeying Jesus' commandments and teachings? In Psalm, verses, uh, Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3... The writer says this. Did I put that one on the screen or not? No, I didn't. Oh, it says on my notes I didn't, sorry. <laughs> Here you go. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked 
or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What's the law of the Lord? The Scriptures, the Bible. And that's why, uh, as I said it right at the beginning, if you haven't got the Bible app, get the Bible app. Use the Bible app to, uh, to learn, to read, to be encouraged, to be instructed and to develop your Christian walk and your Christian life and relationship. But you'll notice from these verses that there was a downward progression. First of all, the guy's walking, then the guy's standing, and then the guy is sitting in the seat of the scornful, the seat of mockers. But it talks about the guy then who delights in the Lord because he meditates on his word. And that's what we need to do to understand the commandments and the instructions. The instructions for life so that we can be in that place where we can receive um, the blessings of God. So the question I've got for you this morning on this, which is the first of six points. I've got six points for you, just so you know where we're going, and I'm not going to go on forever. What voices are you listening to? What's coming off the radio into your car? What are you watching on TV? What is it that you're listening to from friends? Is it something that's different to what the Bible teaches? Is it not respectful to God? Is it not obedient to the ways of God? Because if they're not, then you're listening to the wrong voices. And we need to listen to the voice of God. So you say with this verse that we've, uh, we've read about uh, obeying and pleasing. You know, you want me to obey God? And instructions, but then you want me to please him as well? Surely this is the same thing. Well, I don't know that it is actually. And certainly uh, the writer um, in 1 John seems to say obey and please. So how do you please God if you're not obeying him? And how do you obey God if you're not pleasing him? I believe it's a different question. Do you know what? We can actually obey God without pleasing him. It's possible to be a religious person, a religious Christian that follows a set of rules, a set of requirements for life, but not please God. I was brought up in the Brethren Church and I wasn't allowed to go to the cinema uh, I wasn't allowed uh, uh, to, to go out and, uh, and, as a child, play on a Sunday. It was a different day. Now, that's the whole issue about our Sundays being changed to like every other day of the week. But you get my point. I was brought up in quite a legalistic type of, uh, of childhood and upbringing. And so, yes, we might have ticked the boxes of the rules and regulations, but our hearts perhaps were not where they necessarily should have been. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, And he will give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in the Lord. We please God out of a relationship. That's how we can please God. 
It's not a matter of just doing a lot of tick boxes in our religious life, but it's out of a relationship where we love God, where we put him first and we see his help in our lives. But it means not looking for shortcuts. It means not looking uh, uh, to stretch what we, we think we should do. The, well, the Bible doesn't say I shouldn't do this, so that's going to be okay, isn't it? Uh, not, could have, it's not a matter of getting by with a technicality and saying, well, actually, I think I can probably do this. No, it's, it's all about... Uh, 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 let, let, let's switch the verse around. This verse in, in John... We could switch it around and it would say this, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight, whatever we ask, we receive of him. Do you see how we flipped it around? So we choose to obey and we choose to please him. Okay, second, uh, sorry, third point. 1 Peter 3 verse 7 is the verse. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. Honour them, delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers do not run aground. You notice that bit at the end? So your prayers do not run aground. Now this is all about uh, uh, husbands uh, and in fact the whole passage in there is about family relationships. You know I've been trying for 44 years uh, to learn how to treat my wife well and I'm still learning. Uh, you know, I'm still having to put the toilet seat down. You know, but Chris says, you know, it's too late now. It's too late to choose to have another one, to train another one. So she's lumbered with me. It's about relationships. And so though this is talking about husbands, this specific verse... How we treat other people is absolutely crucial to hearing God answer our prayers. You know, um, as a a scriptural principle about honouring your parents so that it will go well with you. How are we honouring our parents? Well, perhaps you might say, well, my parents don't deserve it. They've not treated me well. Respect is important, no matter what. No matter way they've, how they've treated you. It's important for us to understand that if we can get the relationships right at home in our families, how much more then we will be able to show uh, respect and encouragement to those people who, that we meet in the day-to-day life and we treat those people well. Because we need to treat people well with respect and with dignity. In general, the way we treat other people can affect whether our prayers are answered. Challenging thoughts, some of these ones, aren't they? And uh, I've tried to get something that's a little bit different uh, in terms of some of these answers. So, relationships. The next one, uh, number four, 
um, is James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Believe and not doubt. I think sometimes if we were to listen back to some of the prayers we've prayed in the past, we would be staggered by the unbelief and the doubt that they contained. And I think that that's one of the issues that we have in terms of not getting our prayers answered because actually we don't believe it. We do not believe that God can or God wants to intervene in this situation. And if you're going to pray for something that you're wanting God to intervene in, you have got to be totally and completely convinced. No good praying wishy-washy, half-hearted prayers. You know, you may have an issue with finances. You may have an issue uh, with relationships. You may have an issue in your marriage. Uh, you may be uh, 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 trying to find, another, uh, uh, trying to find a, a life partner. It's important that when we pray, we do not doubt, but we believe and we trust in God. Number five, another one from James. James chapter four, verses one to three. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Whoa, that's a challenging verse, isn't it? Motives, what are, we, what are we praying for and why are we praying for it? You know, this is all about selfishness, these, the, 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 this verse, isn't it? About wanting stuff for ourselves, getting it for me. This manipulating prayers that are going to try and persuade God to give us things that we want. Wrong motives. Is it any wonder God won't answer our prayers? We need to be vulnerable and authentic before God. We need to be real before him. It's no good asking with wrong motives for selfish stuff. It's much better for us to get what heaven's agenda is and pray for heaven's agenda so that that becomes our agenda. We need to be kingdom-minded in it for other people, not for ourselves. Number six, I like this one. Luke 18. When prayers don't seem to work. Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. 
And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The parable of the persistent widow. This judge didn't fear God, and he didn't like other people. I don't know how or not he came to be a judge, frankly, but there you go. He was a judge, but he didn't like people, and he didn't fear God, and he wasn't at all interested in this widow. He wasn't at all interested in what she was asking for, for justice in in whatever the situation was. But because of her persistence, he decided that, he would give in to her and he would grant her justice so that it's, he stopped bothering him. And so what is Jesus saying to us here? I believe Jesus is saying, how much more will God grant you your request if you do not give up? If an unrighteous judge can give in to a widow because she's persistent, How much more will our Heavenly Father that loves us, that cares for us, how much more will he come to rescue us, to answer our prayer and to grant us our request? Unanswered prayer is a whole subject, isn't it? And we're not covering everything off today and we haven't got all the answers. But I believe we have had some scriptural principles of the things that we can do to be in that place where we can receive our answer. Where we can receive what God wants for us. And so sometimes God's answer will be yes to our request and I'll come and celebrate with you. Sometimes though, God's answer is no. How many of you got kids? Yeah, a few of you got kids. How often or how, how important is it for you sometimes <coughs> to say no? <coughs> excuse me. Say no to your kids. When Becky was 18 months old, we were on holiday. Uh, had to come out at some point, didn't it? But she, was, she wasn't 18. I think she was about 14, 15, 12, 13, 14 months old. We went to holiday to Tenerife. And uh, we had one of these uh, new condos and we were on the first floor with a balcony outside and the, the window and so on. And uh, I think, I don't know, my brother and I were out swimming somewhere. Becky was in with, with, with Chris in the room. Uh, and Chris heard this voice from uh, my nephew David. Auntie Chris, 
and she knew at the moment that something was happening. And what Becky had done, she'd got a little stool, she dragged it out to the balcony, she put her foot on it, her arms were on the ledge, and she had one leg up over the top, and she was about to go over the top. What did Chris do? No, she shouted. And of course, she also ran and grabbed her as well. Sometimes, no is the right answer. I can think in my own life and experience that twice I've nearly sold my company. What would have happened as I look back if I'd done that? That would have been the wrong decision, but God turned it around and God changed me, changed my mind, uh, and, and I didn't sell it. And so now we're still able to continue in the business and we're still able to, to bless the kingdom, which is what our heart is to do. You see, sometimes it's only years later that we look back and we can see, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm glad you didn't give me a yes to that prayer. What a stupid prayer that would have been. What a stupid answer it would have been if you'd said yes. Only with hindsight. So sometimes the answer is no. How many of us have served for many years, but we look back and you say, wow, where would that answer have left me? But of course, it protected me. It protected you. Fantastic. And of course, there's also a not yet answer. A not yet answer. That's so important because a not yet answer is an answer as well. But patience is needed to receive the answer. Let's not get frustrated with God because of a no. And let's not get confused with a no for a not yet. Let's learn how to distinguish a no from a not yet. I don't want us to be discouraged today. And I don't want us to be in that place where we find that uh, uh, we're not in that place to move on with God. We're not in that place to keep praying that prayer. We're not in that place to still have that dream that God planted in us many years ago. We've given up on that prophetic word that was prayed over us many years ago, thinking, oh, that will never happen. Perhaps the musicians would like to come up as I begin to uh, conclude now. <coughs> In Daniel 10.12, we read about Daniel who went to heaven, who pleaded with heaven, who was asking heaven to answer a certain thing. And we find out that God didn't answer that prayer. But on day 22, an angel came to him. And the angel said, that prayer that you prayed, I'm coming to give you the answer. I've been detained. I've been fighting a demon before I could get to you. But what would have happened if Daniel had stopped praying after day five? What if he'd stopped praying after day 10? What if he'd stopped praying after day 21? He didn't get his answer. 
I want to encourage us this morning to keep persistent in our prayers. Keep believing from God. Keep developing that relationship with Him. That journey, that growing in our lives. So that not only can we be encouraged and we can uh, receive God's answers, but we can also pray for others. We can also stand with others. We can also bless others. I've got an amen from you this morning for that. Hallelujah. Would you like to stand with me? I'd just like to pray for any here this morning that this has touched a nerve. This, is, this has been a reminder of something from years ago. And you want to reach out to God. But before we do that, I want to pray for the, uh, anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus. Is there anybody here this morning that can't say that they've got a relationship with Jesus? You've heard me talk about relationship and you think, yeah, I'd like a relationship with Almighty God. I'd like to know Jesus Christ. I'd like to get a ticket to heaven. But more than that, I'd like to be on that journey with Him. If that's you, would you like to raise your hand this morning so I can pray for you? Anybody want to come to Christ and know that risen Lord? I'd also like to pray for those of us that have been waiting for God to answer. And you've given up. You thought it's not been your turn. Pastor Barry's going to be speaking about that in the new session in about a month's time. Be prepared for God to say, yes, it is. Your turn is coming. I've heard your prayer and I'm bringing the answer. So, Father God, we want to say thank you this morning for, uh, for all that you are to us. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Lord, we believe in you. Lord, help us to deal with our doubts. Help us to deal with relationships where they're not right before you and before other people. Help us to choose to obey your instructions and to please you. Help us, Lord, to be persistent in our prayers and to ask with right motives, Lord, so that you will be glorified, that we will receive all your blessings in our lives because your word says, delight yourself in the Lord and you will give us the desires of our hearts. So we say thank you, Lord, and we bless you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Round of applause for Robin. Awesome word. A bit louder. That was pants. Lovely.